team, tonight we're going to start something a little bit different based on the tragic events in Las Vegas. Uh, we're going to take a moment of silence. All right, back to the show. Welcome to Earful of Dirt, bringing you the latest Major League Rugby news, views, and abuse. Now here are your hosts, Aaron, Dan, and Victor. Good evening, guys. You know, uh, it's kind of intense news to wake up to early in the morning. So um, let's just get into it. So USA Rugby hires Gary Gold um, to replace John Mitchell as head coach of the Eagles. We'll talk about that a little bit later in the show. Uh, up first will be the uh, Robert Paler inquiry update. And then there's just lots of juice from Seattle and NOLA later on. So uh, Friday night, I believe, Friday, no, Friday day, uh, Alex Goff broke that the siding commissioners and the committee's response to the inquiry into the injury of Robert Paler being malicious or not, and the siding commissioner chose uh, to not uh, further sanction the player or the coach. And this is not really, you know, gents, this is not really a jovial subject. And this is, I think this really affects, uh, will affect major league rugby and should definitely affect college rugby. Cause if anything, you will coach your players to never do something like that. Um, Robert Paylor's, uh, you know, broke his spine and, he's now been left paralyzed by the, what can only be termed as a malicious play from the uh, player from Arkansas state who I will not name. I'm at, I'm really at a loss. I saw, I saw the tape, you know, I'd finally seen the tape on Friday Jack Clark had reposted the news story from NBC Bay area. And it was, it was ugly. And how the siding commissioner could not draw from the fact that this was a coached play, whether it was by his head coach or not, that this player had learned how to tear down a mall like that. I don't, I don't know. I've seen this happen in the club games a few times, but it's that people don't have that kind of control. And usually the ref has stopped it and issued a penalty or restarted. Um, you know, it, it looks like it was muscle memory and the union needs to get ahead of this and sanction the player, in my opinion. Because that was just, I mean, it was just bad. It, and it was wrong. So that's what I have to say 
about that. Okay, well, let me, wow, I don't know how to follow what you just said, Aaron, but let me see if I can try. First of all, guys, um, good evening, welcome to Full of Dirt. Um, in regards to this um, subject uh, with the injury of Robert Paler, to say that I'm disappointed by the siding commissioner, it's, it's really an understatement. How is it possible that nothing comes towards the player that hurt, excuse me, he hurt Robert Paler. And on top of that, not the coach. So neither have stepped up, nor even to apologize to him directly. And according to his family, nor the player or the coach have done so. So that's, that doesn't really, really bad taste. Um, obviously, someone did not do their job correctly. And I'm talking about the commissioner specifically. How, again, going back, back to, I just say how it's possible that uh, no, no malicious intent uh, was found. Not only am I angry about what happened uh, to Paler, but also the fact, again, that these people have not apologized, uh, which is super disrespectful, of course. And you as a rugby, like you said, Aaron, better step it up with this. Uh, this, this cannot happen, and hopefully will never happen again. That's my piece. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's, that's where I'm at. I mean, I, I sent everyone the, the stuff today after I uh, had read uh, Mr. Paler's uh, note that he had published. And it's, uh, it's pretty disgusting. It's pretty despicable. And I just, I second that. It was when I when I saw the tape on Friday. I mean, I should have asked because I knew I know people that had the tape that had the whole game tape that you could watch, like not just the minute clip, but everything that went into that on the five minutes before and the five minutes after. And I just, um, I it it's horrifying and it's that's the thing that scares the shit out of me about um, our sports, you know, is malicious, what they, I guess, you know, the English say cynical plays, but malicious intent. And, you know, you, you can take your frustration out on the other player in good sport within the laws. This was not done within the laws of the game. And the fact that there was no there, there wasn't TMO, so and the ref wasn't at the angle to like really judge, which is why there wasn't, you know, a card. But the tape is pretty clear. The photos are pretty clear. So, so guys, I'm curious, um, Aaron and Daniel specifically. I know you guys both play. So when you see something like this, uh, does it affect how you approach the game, how you um, either prepare or what you your expectations for on the are when you're on the pitch? Um, how does that affect you, like emotionally or as players? Well, it kind of freaks you out knowing that that can happen to you as you're playing. Uh, I mean, luckily I play a position that wouldn't be right there in the middle so it shouldn't happen to me but it still could 
um, especially with these, especially when your arms are around someone else, you can't really protect yourself as you're falling. And especially in that situation, that's just, that's kind of just the, the freakiest part. Aaron, I think you, you're a hooker though. So I, I feel like that kind of situation happens. Yeah, to I, I mean, I've been in, I've been involved in malls plenty of times. Um, and it freaks me out because I can see that happening. I, I mean, I've had arms around my neck, but usually people like either withdraw or the plays are stopped. And like I said, I've only seen, seen that happen off the sideline like twice. And the ref was at an angle uh, to where it was stopped. And also the player wasn't, didn't like the player hold, like trying to, wasn't trying to do something. They didn't have either the core strength or even the inkling. Yeah, the hand was around the neck, but they weren't driving the person into the ground. So it's it freaks you out. And the best thing I can say is, like, if you're watching this, go, go look at the footage. It's on Jack Clark's uh, coaching page. It's on Jeff Paylor's page and the post is public if you see this and you play rugby take that home take that to your club and this is a lesson of what you can't do because it shouldn't have been done and it's just it's just pretty rough Absolutely. Well, once again, just um, our thoughts go out to Robert as he continues with his recovery um, and as he learns what his life is from here on out. So, uh, yeah, guys, let's uh, let's kind of refocus here. Let's take a minute. And I know it's been kind of a heavy start to the show, but we do have some news. So let's talk some news out of Seattle. Dan, what you got for us? Yeah, I've got good things to talk about now. Let's let's try and shift gears a bit back towards MLR, back towards uh, something a bit more exciting. Um, so this news broke last week that the the Seattle Sea Wolves hired a chief commercial officer, which this was not the big news that everyone expected to come out last week. Um, it's at least to us it is, but to many people it may not be considered the. Uh, the really fun and exciting news because it's all administrative and sales related, but it's basically hiring a professional who, at least in his resume, um, has worked for many major league sports franchises. He's worked for the Nuggets, the Avalanche in Denver, and then more specifically, actually for the past 15 years or so, he's worked in Seattle specifically, both with the Sounders and the Seahawks as a on the corporate sales side business development working with sponsors um working with different companies in the area so this is like this is actually really awesome it, it's it kind of it, it's usually the news that goes unnoticed or only noticed because there's nothing else going on but to have an experienced corporate salesperson who is very familiar with the area and has a rolodex of basically companies that want to work with a seattle-based sports franchise that's really awesome for, for a team to be able to have. Um, I think we're seeing it a lot in different areas where they're announcing um, a bit more experienced 
salespeople or, or corporate sales or something like that. And really revenue is extremely important for this league. Um, it's for many people, it's a brand new sport. They've never heard of before The rugby's never rugby has been professional in the U S before. Um, but really not successfully. So it needs all the help it can get financially. You can't just throw a bunch of money at it the first year and then see it go down. You need something that's really sustainable year after year. Um, and really get you know, a lot of sponsors and other companies involved too. That's you, Victor. That's your cue. I'm not really good at giving Victor a cue. I'm sorry. Nah, it's okay, bro. No worries. Because I, I don't know when you're going to stop, so I don't want to interrupt you. So I like to ramble, but I also like not to tell people when I'm done rambling too. So it's an acquired skill to really understand when I'm done. Nah, no worries. It, it, it will take me time as well. No worries. But in any case, congratulations, of course, to Mr. Jones for his position uh, with the Seawolves. Funny enough, as soon as those that news broke up, uh, I posted it on Instagram uh, and I put the hashtag of the, the Seahawks and I ended up getting, or oh, well, we ended up getting a bunch of likes from fans of the, the Seahawks and their, their fan page now follows us on Instagram as well. So, so yeah, that's, that's really cool. I was definitely not expecting that. I just put it just for the heck of it and ended up getting a lot of likes uh, for, for the fans. I should put the Sounders next time so we get some of the uh, soccer fans as well doing that. So you guys know me. I'm all about the strategic stuff. Uh, Brian Jones is a great signing. Uh, he's got He's got everything that you want with commercial development. Uh, to start off the week, though, the Seawolves have appointed the BC Bears headman, Tony Healy, as their head coach. He just led the BC Bears in his first year, turning them around from a pretty poor season the year before to winning the Canadian Rugby Championship. Previously, he has coached Canada U20s in 2007 and 2009. He also coached Canada West in the same years during that same period to the title uh, in, in those same years as well. He also knows how to, how to develop young players. He coached Brentwood college school, winning three provincial titles in five years. He has 15 caps with Canada and well, they could have hired worse. This, this is a very good resume. Yeah, you know, it was interesting uh, about when that Healy news uh, broke. It uh, happened just a few hours ago. It actually happened Monday night. Um, it was it was after 5 central time anyway. I don't know for the rest of you guys, but uh, where I'm Eastern at. For, for everyone who's not aware. Yeah. For us. It, um, and as I understand, it sounds like some uh, wires got crossed up there or something happened because uh, we were expecting this news to come out on Tuesday. And then it actually happened Monday night, so uh, which works out great for us because it means we get to talk about it here on the show. So thank you uh, for that little, little little bit. And uh, yeah, love it. Good hire. The, good hire. By the grace of the rugby guides, they wanted the news to be heard before people could talk about it. Uh, so that's really great. I, however, because of everything that Corey just said, I didn't even know this was news. I didn't hear about it until... 20 minutes ago, so I can't really comment too much on it, but from everything that Aaron just said and from what I heard about whoever the person was going to be last week, which now we know who it is, that he 
seems to be um, really kind of an up and comer in Canada in the whole rugby scene, um, but never really got the chance to really show everything that he's got. So here's hoping that MLR, the, the first real professional rugby uh, league here, or rugby union league, can really kick off. Um, so that's all I've got to say about that. I don't know, Victor, if you have something else to say, this is a good way to transition to you. Thank you. See, that's that's a transition that we're looking for. That's looking that's looking great, Daniel. Awesome. Offload. Offload. Yeah, we should say let me offload to Victor. That's a, that's that's not bad. We might as well transition should be like the offload. We're gonna rock over. Uh, rock over. I like that. I like that. Yeah, we should we should use those words. Rugby words. Well, I understand that. There we go. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but anyways, guys, awesome. We got another Canadian in MLR. Um, now, it, it seems to me that Tony Healy, which, by the way, um, he played in England and France. He is like a more put together Jamie Cudmore. Uh, for better for those of you that do not know his uh, Canadian international luck. <laughs> and just, I say, yeah, just go ahead. compared him to Jamie Cudmore. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I would say he's better than that, but you know. Well, that's why I say it more put together because Jamie Cotmore is actually apparently in a, in a coaching uh, job at Oyonna in France. So oh, yeah. that's why I say more put together because a couple of things have happened. Uh, he hasn't done it for Canada yet and the like. So that's why I said again more put together. Yeah. Jamie Cudmore. But yeah, I'm really happy that we got him and managerial uh, position just like um, uh, uh, Curry Hitchburn when we talked about it last week. All right. And now we got uh, player signings. We'll start with the Seawolves. Uh, Matt Turner. So with it, with one T, not two T's, mm-hmm. for all those that want to know. Uh, former England Sevens captain has signed with the Seawolves. He's going to be a great addition to their back line, man. He's even though he's no longer playing for England sevens, he is fast. <laughs> he is fast, but uh, he's also coming on board to run uh, operations. And if you've been paying attention for all those that have wondered where, you know, why he's in South Africa, he's running operate, running a lot of business operations for a company called UR sevens, uh, which gets into both coaching development at, from the grassroots all the way to the invitational level as well as uh, in South Africa, running a lot of invitational tournaments. So he definitely brings operational experience of a business and rugby business to uh, Seattle. Also, we have Phil Max signing with the Seattle Seawolves. And it was, I saw it on Twitter, but I guess BC Rugby News had the scoop and they broke it. Uh, you know, I guess they have press embargoes for a reason. Whoops. Uh, but this was later confirmed by the Seawolves themselves. They had also uh, published a press release uh, within an, about an hour. Uh, he is the player coach that was teased last week by the BC Rugby News. And he's just a wild scrum half who is a torture to coach against, according to Curry Hitchborn. And he also brings 41 caps from Canada down to the Seawolves with his international experience. Victor. So there we go, offloading to me. So next uh, signing, guys, is another Canadian, actually. Eric Howard, a Canadian international hooker. 
that signed with Nolagol alongside Hubert Biden that we were talking about uh, last week. Now, the official social media channels of the Nolagol uh, unveiled a video featuring the two players, both Biden's and and Howard, uh, saying that they were obviously coming up to the, for the 2018 season. Now, Howard comes from the Brentford Harlequins, winners of the Matt Kermit Cup of Rugby Ontario, but he also played for the Ontario Blues, and most recently he was also in the Ontario the Ontario Arrows game that just happened uh, with I guess uh, the Merlins. He started his rugby career out of the University of Golfo, I believe it's pronounced the name of the location in Ontario province. Uh, he also has one cap, by the way, with Canada, and that was when they played against Brazil in this year's uh, America's Rugby Championship, which was another giant killing performance out of Brazil, beating Canada in the home field. So let me offload that now to Daniel. Awesome. And then there was another player signing. So we're really happy there were a lot of player signings on different teams. It wasn't just one team. Like it wasn't just the strikers signing like six players all in one day, wherever they do. Um, this is actually the Austin Elite Rugby. And the shocker of the century, they signed Peter Malcolm. Um, we all know Peter. He's been with the Huns for the past year or so. He is uh, been playing as a hooker for the Eagles. He has seven caps so far. Um, also played a bit of pro rugby last year. But it looks like he's um, kind of emerging as... Uh, at least a young figurehead of the, not the Huns, but now coming up elite rugby, whatever they may change their name in the future. Every single time we see any kind of press for them, he's always one of the, one of the guys that's on the, um, on the picture there. So it was great to see him. Um, the only reason I was upset was because Austin elite had their Facebook promo where if you guessed who the player was, uh, for their first signing, you get a free T-shirt signed by him. And I was trying to think outside the box, and I should have really thought more about people who are currently in Austin um, rather than your signing. So I didn't get a free T-shirt. Um, I'm still kind of sore about that, but, you know. Hey, Dan, what was your guess? My guess was Spike Davis, actually. Uh. So I was trying to think someone that – was an eagle, as they said, and I was making sure to read every single comment they had to see exactly all the hints. Um, didn't look anything like that photo that was actually up there because they said it wasn't a picture of him. So I was trying to be sneaky. I knew he's from Texas. I knew he's been spending some time down there. So I, I went for it. I put Spike in, and it was who I would have actually thought was the first signing. I, when they said signing, I thought they meant first signing outside of the Huns organization, everything like that, but whatever. I'm rambling here. Clearly, I yeah. wanted that shirt pretty badly. Oh, well. <laughs> it would have been signed. It wouldn't have just been a t-shirt. It would have been signed by him, too. So, well. yeah. I'll have so, to see what I can do about that. I mean, great player. Uh, nice to see uh, New Orleans uh, make some noise. And from what I understand, we're going to have about four more this week. And I'll get to that a little bit later. When it comes to Austin, though, come on. Come on, Thierry. Come on. I expected Bam Bam. I want some, I want some like, sparkle. You know? I, I expect a lot of their team from last year to, to make the side again and to sign professional contracts. And, you know, and 
let's get honest. When Hun Youth Rugby had a clinic the other week, uh, Bam Bam, as his mother says, and we'll get to that in the tweet of the week, uh, was out there at the Hun's Youth Rugby Clinic all decked out in Austin Elite Rugby gear. So if I'm, I want to guess somebody new, not somebody, somebody that's where that's, I think that's actually what really threw me off. I saw him on, on the promos on Facebook already wearing everything. So I'm like, gee, I wonder if he is already with the team. So, yes. Victor, man, what do you got? Well, <laughs> just when I thought we had no more playing signings, guys, then we come with this um, news about Phil Mack coming into the Seawolves, not only as a player, but also, of course, as an assistant coach to Mr. Tony Healy. Uh, but hey, at least we got it for the pod because I thought the students were coming uh, tomorrow. Now, it seems to me that we're going to get a signing per week until the start of the season, which is great because that way it gives us something to talk about, obviously. Now, I'm really happy that we're getting Canadians plus English sevens players in the mix, um, not only uh, in Seattle, but then, of course, in, in Austin, since, as you know, they got those two uh, Fijian sevens players. Um, Peter Malcolm obviously was suspected to be with the elites, especially after the fact that we just talked about that he was all decked out in AR gear. Uh, so really, obviously, it doesn't come as a surprise as we already talked about it. And by the way, speaking of which, there are rumors of uh, coming out of NOLA Gold of signing current USA Hawks Rugby League player, uh, Mark Offerdahl, uh, but he did not confirm anything. We did approach him about it, and he said that he's been talking to anyone that will listen, and apparently that there are really good lads down there, and that they're really doing a lot of good work. Again, I don't know if for a fact Mark is going to switch codes from 13s to 15s, but if, if it does, it would be great. I'm actually a big fan of his uh, from his time playing uh, with the Tomahawks at the 2013 Rugby League World Cup. He's going back now to 2017, uh, which whenever that happens, I guess we'll probably briefly mention, although I guess most of my colleagues here don't really like Rugby League, but that's whatever. It's because we're elitist snobs. You know, it's 15s <laughs> or nothing. <laughs> exactly, because we're, we're we're southern uh, southern schoolboys that go to private school. Apparently, hey, it's you know, league is league is whatever. I mean, it's 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 an, it's an egg. Uh, you know, it's an egg. I, I'd rather be playing tens than ever have to play league ever. Okay, bro. I mean, I'm not, I'm not definitely not a player, but if, if you've play. never played tens, it's like fifteens very fast. So. So not sevens, but okay, interesting. Well, so, it ha- so it's it's half forwards, half backs. Oh, okay. So okay, makes sense. And in other fifteens news, Aaron. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Something else. This happened? is good. So this broke. Ah, ESPN Scrum published an article. At least I saw it. Yeah, it was about three a.m. my time. Um, Gary Gold has been hired as the head coach of your men's Eagles. Who is Gary Gold, you may ask? Well, um, I'll have this out in long form on the hook tomorrow morning, maybe overnight. I don't know. but no, It's not sanctioned by the rest of us. Yeah, whatever. But uh, overall, based on the situation, man, with the financial constraints we have, and then you 
really look at it, we're just we're a middle of a pack tier two nation that needs to build towards the future. We're ranked seventeenth. So what could we what could the Eagles position command? And based on my expectations, this is this this goes past my expectations. So you're looking at a super rugby premiership rugby level director of rugby replacing a now super rugby level director of rugby. And this guy is going to move here. And based on all of the quotes, he's going to actually want to do work. He wants to invest in coaching systems, do coach development, establish a coaching tree. Because if you look at everywhere he's been, he's been great at selecting personnel to coach. And he's got a pretty nice little coaching tree. Um, He brought Mike Ford into Newcastle when he became the interim head coach. And then when he became the head coach of Bath, he brought Mike Ford with him. And then when he left Bath, when um, as director of rugby, they were nine and three. Mike Ford, Ford took over as head coach and director of rugby. And, you know, they finished, I think, fifth in the premiership. And then the next year, Mike Ford went on to be, you know, premiership director of rugby for the year. So he's able to select personnel to become that become good coaches. So he identifies coaching talent. And he's South African. So that leads to being systems based and desire to do all of the work. So I think it's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of right there with you for all the same reasons. I'm happy because um, some of the expectations for who we can actually afford to bring on, we weren't expecting to bring on, um, you know, really like an all-star candidate that's out there. Um, he is the currently director of rugby for a team that has not won a single game in the Aviva Premiership. Um, but from what I hear, at least from looking at different comments on different pages, different posts, he's one of the few brighter spots, or at least the people are unhappy that he's leaving uh, for the most part. But I, I really don't know much about him personally, but I am happy it's not just a, a club, a USA club rugby um coach or just someone who's been in the organization it needs some change so it's good to have someone who's had experience in you know europe and everywhere else um the the other the one thing that i was concerned about was that from reading the announcement it seemed like it said he wouldn't be available until after the premiership season uh so unless i'm i'm trying to think of if i'm reading this correctly but that means he wouldn't really be able to join us until May or June of next year, which so, would make a miss. Would put us games. Would so that would put us when Wooster's not making playoffs. <laughs> so he would be able to get over here around probably the first of May. Yeah, but so, it's still missing out on seven the matches. Two, the two November um, series or test games, and then also five in the ARC, which I think the ARC may be a bit more valuable in a sense, especially for a new coach, because 
Um, the goal of it, and especially because the U.S. tends to beat almost everyone pretty easily, except for Canada or Argentina, um, you need that so you can actually know who your players are, know who your who your depth is, get familiar, do what you got to do. And I mean, there's only, I think if I did the math. There's probably going to be about 24 or 25 Eagles matches together before the Rugby World Cup in two years, and he's basically going to miss about a third of them or a little bit less than a third of them. Um, so that to me was concerning. And it also didn't say, actually it didn't really say anything about there being an interim head coach. Obviously there has to be one. Uh, we're assuming it'd be like Scott Lawrence or something like that, but they didn't even mention anything about that. So um, I, I did ask the boss. Oh, I have not gotten a response. Blocked. <laughs> you know, I said, <laughs> I sent him a note this morning. He probably got about 30 of those. Yeah. So we'll find out. Yeah. But Aaron, did you send it as Aaron or as Earful of Dirt? Because I think that makes a difference. <laughs> well, I do have my massive Earful of Dirt signature block in there. Yeah. Okay, that we, helps. We did have him on the show. If anyone hasn't listened to that so far, we did have Dan Payne, the CEO of USA Rugby, because we – found him enjoying himself uh, at the premiership match, having a good time. And then Victor and I ruined that by grabbing him as the night was ending um, and making him speak to us for about 10 minutes straight. But otherwise, you know, he really enjoyed uh, coming with us. Victor, that's, that's your cue now. Okay, so off, I'm waiting for you to say uh, off love to Victor. That's what I'm talking about. I'm not going to say that. <laughs> no. Hey, hey calm down. Rock over. Let's go. Come on. Exactly. Rock over. Exactly. Pick up the pace. <laughs> oh, beautiful. Now, quickly, and regarding the, the, um, the Eagles and the ARC, because then you just mentioned that um, the, the Eagles find a hard beating, let's say, for example, Canada and Argentina. Let's not forget Uruguay. They're really getting up on there, let me tell you. So that's not an easy game. The easy games right now for the Eagles, Chile, definitely. Brazil, they're picking up. But Uruguay, that's a hard game too. So It wasn't easy two years ago when we lost to them. But it was mm. last year when we beat them by a lot. So hopefully yeah. it's more that. Yeah, dude. And No, but let me tell you guys, that high-performance center they have down there in, in, in El Estado Charrua in Montevideo is really working out. They were playing Argentina 15 for the Sudamerica Cup. And they lost, but it was 38-33, and it, yeah. they lost by the last play. The game was theirs until the Argentinian players scored. So they would have won that. And that would have been only the second time they're being at Argentinian side. So that's not a gimmick game anymore. Trust yeah. me. You'll, you'll see in 2018. But anyways, going back to this. So, guys, I definitely agree with Daniel uh, on, the, on the subject that I'm a bit concerned of the fact that we don't know of an interim um, head – coach but if we remember what happened when when Mike Tolkien left his position and then uh, when John Mitchell came in you probably remember that he came in by the junior internationals so Alex McElvey chose the first team for the first ARC so I'm thinking if that if we don't get to Kyle Orange we make a Alex McElvey doing the same thing he did before but eh, uh, who knows we'll see what happens uh, now I'm also concerned about the fact that, what, again, what Daniel mentioned regarding uh, Worcester Warriors losing five out of the five games. 
Uh, but of course, I'm not blaming Gold for that. But I hope he doesn't bring that to the Eagles. We already have enough losses, so we'll see what happens with that. Um, I assume he's probably not going to be around past the 2019 World Cup, but I would not be surprised. But who knows? We'll, we'll see what happens with that because apparently he stays in places for a short time. So let me offload that to Corey now. Got it. <laughs> okay, so um, just my two cents worth real quick, um, and then we'll we'll move on from this topic. I, I'm going to go ahead and reserve judgment for the time being. Um, I, I'm, I'm too, am a little concerned about uh, the timetable. Obviously, in a perfect world, we'd have a coach here next week. Uh, but I also understand that there's a lot of balancing act going on at the home office right now. They're trying to uh, figure out finances. And if they can save a little money by not bringing in a new head coach until uh, start of next year, uh I understand why sometimes these things are necessary. Um, so, and I think this is the time when we just got to trust um, Dan Payne and trust the organization that he is building and say, okay, guys, um, you know, let's keep supporting our Eagles. So that, that that's, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt for the time being. That's, that's kind of where I'm coming from. Yeah, I think, I mean, after I analyzed this for a while, I mean, the, the higher I thought we were going to get, um, based on everything, I, I, th- I was going to be in Victor's, you know, spot and say, you know, this is going to be a short-termer and, you know, they're probably going to offload the job after that to Scott Lawrence after he's, you know, been an assistant for the Eagles for a long time. But when you analyze this and you look at the coaching development portion – I'm not saying they're kicking 2019 down the road, but I think this guy is a long-term hire. I think they, they hired him so that he can also move up. I think also, as you say, they're not kicking the can down the road, but we're not going to win 2019, most likely not even 2023 or 27. or. I, I think, that, but it's still it, – you have to build on something. You can't just – push for the next world cup and just do like a one year higher. You really want to have some of us, some yeah. uh, consistency. And, and, you know, we'll see the fruition of what we're talking about. Major league rugby, uh, not for really for 2019, but really for 2023. Yeah. Like we'll really see what the Eagles can do in four years in 2021. And by that time, this guy might be making the higher, the head coaching position. Cause that's where I think we might be going. I don't know. I think they hired a director of rugby to be a director of rugby. And so that's where I'm at. So let's get to some funny score lines. Dan and I are going to talk about some, and then Victor's going to talk about going to Iona and old blue. And then we're just going to, we're going to banter about this for a while. Uh, so Glendale versus Nyack. Uh, 64 to 10. Glendale rested about half their team. And I want to say as far as clubs are concerned, Nyack's pretty in shape and stuff, and they had decent bodies, but it wasn't – it was like cruise mode after minute 20. So that's that's what I saw there. And, Dan, the scoreline from from Old Blue Mystic. So, Old Blue played Mystic River. I did not watch this game after reading the scoreline. I'm pretty happy I didn't 
Um, Oblu won 97-14, to 14, which... <sighs> that's a lot. That's a lot for two teams that are supposed to be relatively even. Like, I don't even... I've, I've seen that maybe once in D3 rugby with a team that's much more experienced play some team who's never ever played the sport before. And that was like 70 to 6 or something like that. 97-14, that's just, that's just bad. And wasn't it Old Blue who beat Nyack recently by a lot, or was it the other uh, one? They beat – no. They, well, they beat him by a lot, but the, the difference was 40 points, not – yeah. Nine not eighty-three. Yeah. So that's that's pretty big. But Galindo's playing old blue soon. Is that right? I, yeah, this next week. This. So which is why we're talking about this. Yeah. So I'm I'm looking forward to it and um pretty excited. I don't think I actually have a game next week, so I might be able to actually watch rugby that's going on while I usually have a game. Uh, but yeah, those are those are those two matches. Victor actually was in person for a couple in the New York area, so I'll let you banter on about that. Sounds Offload good. Thank you. There you go. Now I got the ball. Let's do it. Now let me ask: in regards to the game of Blue, oh Glendale versus O Blue, uh, Corey, let me ask you: are we doing the match companion on that? Yeah, well, uh, I believe that's the plan right now. Now, I'm not personally going to be available for that one, uh, unfortunately. But, uh, Victor, if you want to lead this effort, and Dan, you th- said you might uh, be available as well. Uh, you know, you guys are certainly welcome to go for it. And we'd always love to uh, sit back and enjoy the game with our fans. So. so I put it on the schedule. Like, it's the event is there. So I'm available. I'm going to watch this. Basically. We're doing this. This is we're, this is going to be at we're Infinity watch, Park, right? Yeah, so it's going to be live on the Infinity Park feed, or if you have the Rugby Channel, it will also be on that thing. Hopefully, the Rugby Channel doesn't, you know, go down. <laughs> okay. So I guess let's go ahead and make this an official announcement. Uh, so the match time, I believe, if I've got this correct, is two p.m. Pacific, five p.m. Eastern. Is that right, guys? That's what I this, got. The math is and this there. Is, that's all I know. Yep. Glendale Merlins versus Old Blue. So, uh, yeah, this Saturday, tune in at uh, 5 Eastern, 2 Pacific, and watch the game with us. Be fun. Sounds, sounds like a plan. Let's, let's do it. Hopefully we get, get uh, Rafael so I can get some uh, Dominican representation next to me. So we'll see. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, who needs college football? Come on, guys. Yeah, seriously. Completely agree. Definitely. Well, guys, moving on. So talking about some of the games I watched. So two weeks ago, I was able to attend the Old Blue versus Oxford match on the 23rd. Uh, but with, with the fact that we had Brian last week, I completely forgot to mention it. So that's why I'm mentioning it now. Now, the score was 31 to 19 going to Oxford Blues. And they played very quickly, very fast brand of rugby. Uh, Oblu, by the way, has a couple of current Eagles on the squad, including, for example, Anthony Purpura, uh, Cam Dolan, Nate Offsberg, uh, um, and Lukum. 
and also a future eagle, I hope, uh, Sebastian Holm, which you probably remember I mentioned last week. And that should have been a great transition to talking about the game when I mentioned him. Uh, by the way, you probably noticed if you follow us on Twitter and Instagram that I posted the pictures that I took with each one of those players that I just mentioned. Thank you uh, to all of them for offering pictures. Sorry for Luke Hume that I bothered him for a moment because he was talking with a pal of his and then was enjoying a cold beard. And when he took the picture with me, he had like, damn, and now I have to take a picture with this guy's face. Which again, Luke, I'm sorry, okay? <laughs> sorry for bothering you, brother. You know, you know, I'm a big fan. You probably noticed because I have approached you uh, a couple of times. So that's that's one. Then last week, I went to um, Fordham University uh, in the Bronx uh, to watch a match they had with the Iona Gales uh, from Iona College, and that was at their field called, called Murphy Field. That was my first time going to a collegiate uh, rugby game, and Murphy Field is gorgeous. Wow. Beautiful facilities, and the funny thing is that in that uh, in that campus they have the rugby field on one side and the American rugby field on the other. Now you can see the difference between one or the other because their their American football field had like a tower and an announcer, and it looked a lot more uh, more like a show, more like a spectacle. And then you went down to rugby field, it's like well, I mean they had a scoreboard and this, but it wasn't wasn't the same wasn't the same atmosphere. But there were a lot of kids around the field uh, watching the game. I call them kids because I'm 27. I know I'm older than most of them, but we're of similar age. Uh, in any case, the score was 61 to 17. No, I'm excuse me, 63 to 17 uh, going to Iona. And that was just a whooping uh, of a match. Uh, so their A, B, and C sides play. I only saw the A game. And uh, again, six, 63 to 17. I uh, really enjoyed the atmosphere, uh, and like I said, my first collegiate uh, rugby game. Um, by the way, shout-outs and thank yous to fellow Dominican and Iona Gales fullback, Mr. Osvaldo Garcia, who offered me a picture and a, and a conversation when he heard, uh, but which, by the way, not only did I went to the game, I also took uh, my stepdad, and um, and I'm trying to get him into the game because my my father is, is old and super lazy about getting into sports rather than baseball. Dominicans are very uh, short-minded, especially the older they get. Uh, so I took my stepdad to the game. He really enjoyed it. And when he, he uh, Osvaldo heard him and I speaking Spanish because he just came to the States about like a month ago um, after he married my mom, uh, he said, he like turned to us and said, hey, where are you guys from? Well, Osvaldo is your, Osvaldo is your stepdad. No, 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 Osvaldo is a player. <laughs> no, my stepdad is Fausto, which, by the way, saludos a Fausto. Eh, hola, papá. Eh, <laughs> I call him papá already, and uh, he just like, my, just like married my mom. No, but it was Exactly. It's okay. My mom has been single for like for two, like like, and a, like a year and a half anyway. Just so. missed it. Yeah, oh, it's okay. No worries. No worries. It's okay. No worries. I'm not a jealous son. Hey, but man. Anyways. Ethnic food. Ethnic food. <laughs> Yeah, of course. So, anyways, so Osvaldo approached us and said, "Hey, where you guys are from?" I said, "Oh, yeah, we're Dominican." And then we like struck a conversation uh, about it. So again, really, uh, really, really fun uh, regarding all those things. So let me offload that to Corey. All right. Well, on that news uh, and note, I think we're gonna <laughs> let's try this again. Take two. All right. And on that note, we're gonna move into some news, views, and abuse one of our favorite sections. So first up, we got news out of coming out of Austin this week, uh, something about balls. 
I'm going to go ahead and say that one more time. Balls. <laughs> Victor, what's going on with Austin's balls? <laughs> okay, so... Oh, my God. This is going to be like... like, like um, I, I, I forgot what's it called, but in any case... I was gonna say like the flake gate, but that's nothing to do with it. Um, it's, gas law. Exactly that, that the whole thing with Tom Brady and the balls that were like deflated or whatever. In any case, <laughs> so that's what I was thinking of at first. Anyways, you are a very pure man. Very, very pure. I, I try. I try. <laughs> I try, guys. So, anyways, so the news comes that um, Austin Elite sign an agreement with uh, American Rocker for them to create um, Austin Elite branded balls. We're talking about rugby balls, of course. Um, now, I assume that uh, like those, those will be like the match day balls whenever play, uh, teams go to Austin to play, or it could be just merchandise. Uh, I'm not really sure. Or if American Rockers is going to become like the official MLR provider of balls instead of using uh, the the traditional Gilbert ones. Uh, but regardless of it, I was not aware of uh, US made rugby ball, so that's cool, nonetheless. Um, well, American Rockers a, a pretty small brand. They, they do a lot of sublimated jerseys, and they also like a bunch of my photos on the gram, so keep liking. Um, but there's another manufacturer, Olympus, makes rugby balls. Like, so there's at least two or three small time rugby ball manufacturers in the States, so. There's that. And then, Corey, there's something else that we saw that was kind of strange. Yeah, well, I was curious what you guys were hearing on this. Apparently, Mike Ford is hanging out with the Barbarians. What's going on with that? So, Charlie Brown, one of the coaches with Katie Barbarians down in the Houston Metro, uh, played with and against Mike Ford back in the old days. So, it's liable that, you know, he just gave him a ring because he saw he was here and uh, was said, hey, Come down for some some good food and gander at the future of U.S. rugby. And they extended their practice for an hour. And, you know, the, the players got to talk to, you know, professional coach. I don't I don't know if that has anything to do with the Griffins, and I don't think it does. Victor, you're there, wrong. Thank you. Again, guys, you need to rock a since you're finished. Come on, let's do this. It's happening. So this transition is just, what, just pay attention. I know. I am paying attention. I'm waiting for you to finish. Let me know. Astala, why you <laughs> Listen. Oh my god, this it's fun messing around with you. Let me tell you, Aaron. Like seriously. Okay. So, <laughs> so anyways, so it makes it official, obviously, uh, that um Dallas Griff at least to me, the Dallas Griffins are indeed staying for twenty eighteen or probably has nothing to do with it, and that's just me trying to be obviously uh, hopeful. Um, but I'm just trying, to, obviously, to be positive about this whole Mike Ford uh, staying here in the States and, and not going anywhere. Uh, and by the way, in the spirit of the fact that this um, gentleman from Katie Barbarians, his name is Charlie Brown, if Peanuts Charlie Brown became a rugby player, which position he would, would he play, would you guys say? Um, the water boys, probably. <laughs> oh, come on, dude. Like, as a player. As a player? Yeah, uh, what position would you put Charlie Brown? Charlie Brown? Yeah, like Charlie Brown peanuts, Charlie Brown. Uh, if this is like a D3 match and he hasn't played yet, probably <laughs> he's, just, going to, he's going to wing. Like, yeah, he's going to wing. He's just going to be stuck there. It's going to be his fault whenever the other team scores. But 
I haven't really thought too much about Charlie Brown <laughs> playing rugby. So, so where you put your skinny uh, person that you know you don't want to coach up at all, you just put them at like eleven and they play blindside wing, and people burn them. Like that's I what happens. Put, I would put Charlie Brown at hooker. No, well, yeah, hooker or flanker just to see how he would do. Personally, he gained. Of course, definitely. I think Snoopy will be a better player anyway. Let's be honest with you. <laughs> we'll be uh, we'll be discussing this on Wednesday in further detail. Please stay tuned for the Charlie Brown Rugby Podcast. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> we're used to we're Snoopy becoming an eight man. <laughs> it's going to be after Victor's Geography Podcast. There I wasn't here last week, but I did watch it, so I knew that that was a joke. Uh, so yeah. But back in uh, back in my own groove, the tweet of the week, we got this again. Uh, another tweet came out. I'm very happy to uh, be saying this one because after the announcement of uh, Peter Malcolm, there was a nice tweet from his mother, Jill Malcolm, uh, the mother of Eagle number 505. She just posted a tweet congratulating her son and then us through the Twitter account just sort of responded back that we were happy or we'll be talking about it or something like that. Um, you know, we have to say good things now that we know that she is aware of us. Um, we don't <laughs> want to piss her off much. Um, so she made, she responded and she said, um, here it is now mention how he used to tackle our coach when he was three and also lay out his six foot five inches or 1.9 meters rugby dad and have him come up bleeding hashtag bam, bam. And then the, Monkey grasping fist emoji or the, the fist. Gasping. Emoji. It was gasping and the fist emoji. Oh, I thought it was like this, like grasping something. No, it was like. <gasps> oh, I see. Oh, I got you now. I ruined that. Um, but yeah. So it was mentioned how he used to tackle our couch. Yes. Yeah, oh, couch. I thought it was coach. Couch. Couch. Oh, whatever. When he was three and also laid out a six foot five rugby dad and have him come up bleeding. Hashtag bam, bam, monkey emoji going like this. And that was Jill Malcolm. She's the rugby queen mum. Is actually apparently a big fan of us, or at least tweets at us enough. So we're, we're very happy to have an active fan base for our uh, MLR players. Shout out to all rugby moms out there, by the way. You know, that really is our demographic, uh, you know, looking at the stats for the website and whatnot. It's mostly moms uh, <laughs> age of uh, 35 and 55 with uh, children who play professional rugby. So we did some targeted Facebook ads when we put this together to make sure we really hit the key demographic. Yeah. So far, it's worked out pretty well. That's not bad, guys. It's mostly, That's not really good the demographic, I had to say. It's mostly rugby and buy, sell, and trade groups on Facebook is where we're we're really active. So, <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, let's move on to questions from Bob. What? Give me a second. Give oh, a second, guys. Hurry up! Hurry up! Whoa, whoa! whoa. Dude, you, you're the one that jumped with the gun. Give me a second. I, yeah, I because to... you were jumping around on your own commentary. <laughs> No, because I wanted to finish that one. Now, but in any case, thank you, obviously, to Mrs. Malcolm for following and listening to the podcast. By the way, another thing too, she also commented on 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 our Twitter page. It, it's something that a tweet that I put talking about this rugby anime series. 
if you don't know what anime is, it's Japanese cartoons, a la Dragon Ball and the like. And it's this series that I watched this year called All Out. Which, and the funny thing is that she accurately stated that one of the characters, his name is Muxumi, looks a little bit like Peter, like in anime form. And the funny thing is that that character is a hooker, just like Peter, and he's vice captain of the team in the show. Which Peter's oh. not, but he has captain, obviously, the collegial Americans. Uh, so, yeah, so very spot on in, in, for, for mom, I had to say. So, yeah, kind of cool. And he does look like a, like a typical hooker, so that's probably what you say. Hey, yeah, it looks just like you. It's definitely the beard. Mm-hmm. Well, he doesn't have a beard because this is a, you know, this is like a high school uh, <laughs> character. Hey, just because those kids in the anime can't grow hair doesn't, doesn't mean anything. <laughs> Yeah, I just saying they don't have them. You know, they were not drawn that way. So you know, no, no judgment. So, anyways, guys, let's offload that and let's go to questions for Bob. Well, real quick, uh, just a side note on the on the Twitter stuff. If you guys do have anything you want us to uh, read as the tweet of the week, be sure to tag us in it or just comment to us and make something up. Uh, so we're always looking for for fun stuff and be sure to lay into those emojis. We love it. So, yes, questions for Bob. I feel like you guys are really excited about this because, like, you've, you've led me into questions for Bob. You've offloaded to me, like, four times now. So, ha. this is one, actually, this is a little bit older because uh, we missed it last week. So, uh, think or Progressive Thinker US ask, with the current political divide in the NFL is going through, uh, along with the already ongoing CTE program they have, do you think MLR could benefit from it? If so, do you think it's imperative to have a 2018 launch with heavy marketing? So I don't understand most of those words. Um, Aaron? If he's asking about like the political divide, um, my, uh, my response is for most of the history of USA, U.S. rugby, it's been relatively apolitical because we haven't had a professional, um, you know, franchise system out there. So, I, I mean, just the intent is to promote rugby and not get involved in this stuff, you know. But when it comes to the big stuff like CTE, tackling talk, we just talked about, you know, collapsing a mall and Robert Paylor being paralyzed and possibly, you know, never walking. If anything, it, if he ends up walking again, it will take him probably two or three more years of rehab before he's able to take his first, you know, unsupported steps. So getting into what MLR can do, well, let's look at the strikers. And I'm sure this is going to be similar with Austin since UT's right there and Every single team seems to be near a major university. Um, Baylor has partnered with uh, the Baylor College of Medicine. I mean, not Baylor, but the Strikers have published, have partnered with the Baylor College of Medicine and their sports medicine department. So they're doing all the baseline stuff for concussions and injuries. And they have, you know, world leading specialists in sports medicine covering down on this team and that's what's going to be necessary mm-hmm. victor good 
So the league can benefit from people that are looking for a better alternative, excuse me, uh, to the drama that is the National Football League. Now, I'm not sure if season one is going to be heavily advertised, uh, but season two definitely has to be, especially if the Canadian teams are coming in 2019. Now, MLR may have the idea of a better season like pro rugby. It had to iron out a couple of wrinkles and things like that. Uh, but, um, but yeah, the city problems in the NFL are definitely ridiculous. Seriously, I had to say so. Um, hopefully they can sort those things out. And actually, I, I probably you guys are keeping up with the news when um, Aaron Hernandez, one of the NFL, an NFL player, unfortunately passed away. Um, his brain was actually cut up, and they found a bunch of holes in his brain from CTE damage. So that's probably what um, Progressive Thinker US is, is referring to. Yeah. Um, I know a lot of times whenever rugby is brought up in the u.s usually the first sentence says that rugby is the fastest growing sport in the u.s and the second one uh, we'll talk about how um tackling is not good in current american football um people tend to tackle poorly um for their long-term health uh, a lot of times leading with their head and it gives them neck and concussion issues and also just the repeated hitting each other can lead to either concussions or CTE down the line and lots of issues like that. So a lot of times these articles tend to say that rugby is another avenue where people can go to bring their kids to play um, and in a supposedly safer environment. I know there's obviously still a lot out there. I think it is overall still safer, uh, especially with proper tackling techniques taught. Um, I know there's some issues now in, in, in England. There was some report that came out again um, by someone, I forget her name, but I know the, the right, egg chasers, the hey, egg I'm chasers, not, especially I'm not, I'm not talking about that lady, man. She has a vendetta. <laughs> yeah. So, her, so her son, like he didn't have any injuries growing up playing rugby until he got into high school. And then three years in a row, he had three injuries. He broke his nose, the first one, then he broke his arm and then he broke his leg. And she has this vendetta against schoolboy rugby now. So, I mean, I'm just not happy. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know much about her, but the Egg Chasers podcast, those guys are just not happy at all about her. They really don't like her. They really don't like this whole thing. They really just want to let the boys play. Um, kind of for the same reasons. It's actually better when they learn proper tackling techniques when they're younger so that they don't come running head first as 18 year olds who can run over each other and kill each other. So, but that's, that's really a whole different that we only have like, you know, 10 more minutes left to talk about stuff. We can go on for the next two hours about this easily. <laughs> uh, and I don't think anyone wants to be here at one or two in the morning, Eastern time, uh, just talking about this, but basically, um, I think it can help MLR in the long run. Uh, because people may see this league, they may hear a bit more about rugby, and then they look and they see these articles that keep saying that concussions are lower, or there may just be flag rugby for when you're really young, and then they can just kind of get into it. Um, and it sees a bit of a, a safer avenue, so that I think that can really help MLR in years to come when there's obviously a larger player pool, basically. But it could be like a bit of a, a cyclical thing where they help each other. And that's really uh, my long-winded point on that. I think that's the, and tune that's in, the next question. 
And tune in on Thursday when Dan hosts his podcast on severe brain injuries. <laughs> five hours at it's a time. Just, five hours of me talking. Not about brain injuries. <laughs> you do see no, the, the issue. Because of brain injuries. <laughs> so. Um, oh, like relief. Yeah, we, we get we get brutal after 11 o'clock. This is... Uh, yeah, I guess I just I can start rambling. The kids are the kids are in bed. It's safe now. All right. Okay. Samo three, friend from Reddit, would like to know where is Nola Gold likely to play? What's their home field going to be, guys? So Friday? Yeah. Um, I sent Ryan Fitzgerald, the general manager, a note, and he sent me a note back and said, "If you want to talk." Call me. So we talked. Um, and he's, man, he's pretty open about a bunch of things. So, you know, he's willing to provide players. He's willing to provide himself. He's willing to provide Coach Osborne. So anyone who want, we want to interview, we can interview. So I'll be uh, – We'll be scheduling. Yeah, pretty much. Anyone you can think of. We'll be scheduling a bunch of lineouts with Nola Gold. Um and so back to their location, when people refer to Hope Haven, and I was really confused, they don't really refer to Hope Haven Center itself. They refer to Hope Haven is, you know, a, a location in, I want to say like south, southwest of New Orleans proper within, you know, the city limits. But they're building a, a dual-use facility with Archbishop Shaw High School, uh, what – was the practice field and dirt track uh, they have raised, and it's currently under construction uh, for to be, you know, a rugby field for the season. And then in the fall, it will be a football stadium, a football stadium for Archbishop Shaw. Um, the capacity will be three thousand, and you know, it's it's nice that it's pretty awesome. You know, they get. Uh, get get a football field out of this and then new orleans is also partnering with you know the city of new orleans on a future project that could happen in a year's time based on how the first season goes or in a couple years time you know so a bit like how the fortress got built no bets where the city sees that this professional venture decided to show like play here and you know people are coming out to watch so the city's gonna, you know, help them work on getting le- getting real estate and develop a much larger facility in partnership with Nola Gold Rugby. Really hope we have a case of the Obits at New Orleans, guys, so that the Gold can create like a second fortress of sorts. Like they don't lose any home games, but I don't think that's happening with the Raptors, the Elite, and the Strikers. I'll be really surprise if like that particular team Noah goal ends up being uh, undefeated in the home field you know it uh this week's uh episode of rugby wrap-up was really interesting too because uh they were interviewing the mayor of uh glendale and so if you guys have a chance to listen to it it's an interesting discussion of how uh, a city uh or a government agency can work together with uh a municipality can work together to develop 
a sense of place in a location. And so yeah, just kind of talking about developing these areas that are rugby hotbeds in the U.S., I think it's going to take a lot of partnerships from a lot of different organizations and a lot of different types of folks. So, yeah, uh, the Obets thing, uh, the Fortress, or any other options. I think we've got uh, some models we can build off of now and starting to build that professionalism. All right, enough of me rambling. It's time for a question from Ayul. Yule? And he would Yule, Yule? he would like to know. Yule? 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 Yule. <laughs> Can the MLR clubs be financially viable with just six home games in season one? What sorts of crowds do you think they'll need to break even? And what sort of crowds do you expect them to get? Aaron. So we sort of answered this before. I mean, pro had like, depending on the place, like between seven and 1500 people show up. I don't know if they all bought tickets, but they showed up. So they probably bought hot dogs. Um, but I'm not going to tell you the owner's net worth specifically. You can go ahead and look them up on LinkedIn yourself and make that decision. But however, just to take two ownership groups, the strikers and Austin groups combined have between twice and triple the amount of capital to their names as the owner of pro ad based on, you know, me throwing darts, you know, um, based on what they've done in life professionally. So these under, these guys understand this is a startup that it's going to take some time, but the major and minor sponsorships coming in will limit the losses. If not, Put this into the black in the first year. Dan. Yeah. Um, most of the teams have apparently already actually funded most of their expenses for, for the first season coming up in 2018. Um, so it's not like they're kind of running on steam or, or, or not really having any money at all to actually go along with this. So I think it's um, – really not too big of an issue. And, and also we talked about earlier how Seattle hired their, the whole uh, chief commercial officer. There's some other clubs that also hired corporate salespeople to really get involved with this. But, um, you know, overall they are understanding that first year, if they only have six home games, it's, they have to get the product rolling. They have to at least have the first season out there to show what um, you can really invest in and then really take it from there for, for the next couple of seasons. Um, also, as Aaron mentioned, most of these owners are successful businessmen and women. Um, so we hope that they know how to run a business even more so than running a rugby club um, because I don't trust people who really just know how to run a rugby club into running the finances. Um, anyone who has ever had to be a president of their own club or anything like that knows that firsthand that the finances just don't really work out too well, but a business, as long as you can try and run it more like a business, then it should be at least more successful than pro, um, which from what I saw was around a couple hundred attendees or a couple hundred fans, each one, maybe 700, 800 each with barely any marketing, barely any, anything really just kind of thrown together. So I'm expecting, I have, higher expectations than that really well and when you talk about marketing and you see what the strikers are doing um 
just as an example. I mean, it's it's leaps and bounds above where Pro was, so I don't think it's even comparable, really. That being said, we have a, a question here from our namesake for the section. Bob Boberson would like to know, anyone have wild speculation on who the rumored New Zealand coach for the Utah Warriors could be? I know that they had not hired a coach as of last week. Um, I New Zealand, uh, I, I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, they have tons of Islanders on that will be on their side, but whoever you are that's rumoring on Reddit, drop us an email, all right? Um, so we'll, we'll ask Utah in a few weeks if this thing hasn't been announced, but – yeah. All right. Uh, Bob also wants to know, when are you going to update the sidebar and flare with Warriors? Oh, crud. I guess that's me. <laughs> <laughs> you going to answer that? Um, I'm sorry. I don't recall. <laughs> no, uh, so – just so you know what he's talking about. So we have the uh, Reddit page. Uh, shout out to Reddit, r slash mlrugby. And uh, one of the things you can do there is select the flair uh, to go by your name of your favorite uh, favorite team. So thank you, Bob, for the reminder. I haven't been in the back end here for a couple weeks to uh, make that change. Tell you what, man, I'll try to get that here in the next couple days for you. So thanks for the reminder. Uh, anybody have any other thoughts on uh, programming stuff for Reddit? No? No? no. All right. No. <laughs> Finally. Asshole. <laughs> yeah, thanks for calling me out on my own show. Come on. <laughs> uh, All right. Final question from Bob. Possibly the final question ever. Any word on where streaming will happen? I'm assuming he's talking for the entire league. So, MLR, streaming, what we got? Uh, I don't know. Currently, Infinity Park is, you know, streaming on their own site. I know Austin had signed a contract with Flow Sports last year, so we suspect there's going to be a national contract. I mean, that would just make the most sense for everyone involved to have it on one single platform. And I hope it is. Um, part of me, I mean, uh, Flow Rugby so far is it's like fifteen or twenty dollars a month, which I'm not too happy about. Um, and if they did end up doing a, a national deal, it would be nice if they um, had like one or two, or at least just one match of the week that's free. Just give the people something. Putting it behind a paywall is bad because if you, it's a brand new league and you're trying to get people involved, and they say, "Hey, this looks cool," and then they have to even just make an account like people just go oh no i'm just gonna not do that um but yeah i mean i think flow rugby is really where it's gonna be unless we get hit with a curveball <clears throat> victor 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 he may be frozen again actually wow oh he's, he's just shocked well, All right. Well, let's go. Go ahead, Aaron. Purchased, 
the flow rugby account for himself yeah. spent the whole bones for all the sports for some reason so uh you know um that better happen you know what i'm saying yeah well i think that's all right guys so i mean yeah. from our screen we can see him and it looks like he just kind of went catatonic there um ah he's having technical issues yeah okay so uh victor will be back with us next week because i think uh we've managed to go an hour and 15 again so hey, less than last week a little bit less than last week you guys have any uh final thoughts or anything you wanted to point out before we uh go to bed i mean go do exciting things it's nah, exciting. i think we're good just subscribe to us follow us on twitter and instagram and stuff like that Obviously, you found us somehow if you're actually seeing this. So you probably actually came through one of the other avenues, which has everything. But Earful of Dirt, Reddit, MLR, Rugby, stuff. So FM, Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes. Uh, we also have a phone number, I think. We haven't gotten a voicemail yet, which is upsetting. 720-600-2679. That's it. Leave us a review. Five stars. Give Get us, a shout us, out. Yeah, I'd like to see our first review come through soon. One of these days. But I think that's it from me. And I'm off. Connect with Earful of Dirt anytime. We're on Facebook and Twitter as Earful of Dirt. You can email us at earfulofdirt at gmail.com. Or call and leave us a voicemail at 720-600-2679. Until next time, for Aaron, Dan, and Victor, I'm Corey. Thanks for joining us.